Episode 9 of The Road to Comrades is back with the usual discussions. We also bring something new. We will bring in an expert to discuss and take questions on their area of expertise. On this episode, we have the Coach's Corner with Tony Smith, a highly accomplished runner in his own right and now a full-time running coach. On the episode, Tony answers questions about planning and goal setting. We had a couple of technical difficulties with Tony dropping off, so we lost him towards the end. But thanks again, Tony, for giving up your time. Another episode. Happy Easter. How's everyone's Easter going? Oh, awesome. Happy Easter, guys. Plenty of chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of cakes. <laughs> I think I think it's the, the lockdown thing, isn't it? Bake cakes, bake bread, um, get back in the kitchen. I have turned into the Easter bunny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, yeah, Sandy was saying, have you found it yet? Because we couldn't get you on, so she said you were out looking for it. Yeah, I've got my... Facing <laughs> <laughs> I've got my egg sitting next to me if I, if I need, just a little hit of chocolate to go through. Oh, uh, we've so been we... eating Easter eggs for the last two weeks, so um, I'm <laughs> I think we spoiled Easter by starting a bit early. That's called peaking too early. Yes, exactly. <laughs> for me, it's hot cross buns. Like when I started seeing them being available all here, it was like the best thing ever because I, I love them like post training. Um, mm. Or even if I'm doing a long run further away, like I'll have one in the car to the long run like it's yeah. I don't know it's just like the perfect combo like away and I remember you saying a few weeks ago that you had one love it on the comrades route love it love it still on a long run so if I can get one I love it smash them <laughs> with some peanut butter on <laughs> so it's been a different Easter because normally we've got two oceans as well to look forward to from a running sense um, and it, it normally gives people a bit of an eye on how they're tracking and you can almost see like any of the big contenders as well coming in. So it's definitely on my bucket list to do. Um, I've never done it, but hopefully it's still around um, when I get around to doing it. How many out of interest have you guys done? Sandy, uh, do you want to go first? I've done five. I've, well, I've done five of the full and one uh, one of the twenty-one. Okay, yeah. And I just I just decided after I had run five because it was it's quite a trip to get to Cape Town, obviously. And I thought, no, I need to start doing a few others. So then that's when I decided to go and run Omdi Dum and uh, the Ladysmith Burgville and different type of ones. But, yeah, my first my first five years of comrades, I did two oceans as my ultra. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a training run. What yeah. was the cutoff at that time? Because it was a, a really tight cutoff, wasn't it? Yeah, it, 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 well, it used to be six, um, and then it, it extended the year that I ran, and it, it extended to seven. I remember it very well because my brother phoned me the night before and said, if I don't do it under six hours, it doesn't count. <laughs> I remember sprinting that end until I was pale by the time I got in at like 5.59. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. Jackie, you've done a couple? Yeah, so um, I've done two halves and two ultras. And 
Both of them were my very first at that distance. Ah, well, yeah. <laughs> and Wayne, have you done any? Yes, um, I was actually fortunate enough, 2018, um, I did it and I ran with uh, the wonderful Anne Ashworth. Her and I ran the whole way. And wow. uh, she finished um, She finished in fifth position. Um, and I remember clearly saying, because we ran together up Constantinec, she was in 11th. And going all the way up Constantia, which is just after 42 Ks, she overtook six ladies. We wow. were together, and she just stuck to my heels. We went all the way through, and I said to her, she's having a phenomenal day. And I knew, going forward from there, I said, if she doesn't finish in the top three in Comrades, um, just judging on, on the way she ran up Constantia, she was clipping my heels at 350s. And I said, you are strong. And she finished that, and obviously we know what happened the next uh, couple of months later. Um, yeah, yeah. She, she, she won the Comrades, and I wasn't, everyone was in shock. I said, nah. I predicted that um, she'd be right up there. I knew if not in the top three, she, she, she'd give them a nudge. So that wow. was my experience of um, we're finishing 350 that day. Beautiful wow. run. Beautiful run. And how do you 350 for no, I look at that, that time? <laughs> Is that your only one, Wayne? Uh, no, I did one in 2012 with a, a couple of good buddies. Um, again, we just ran that, uh, ju just again, bucket list just to get a feel of it. But then I got an invite in 2018. So that's when I had that run, which was awesome. Lovely. Beautiful run. Uh, I, like I said, the first, the first half is fairly flat. And then second half, you, you get into yeah. the business, the real business of, of two oceans. And that's yeah. where you can, you know, a lot of people use that as a test run to see how they're going to go. Um, so, yep, if you have a good two oceans, generally speaking, you know you're in for confidently in for good comrades. Yeah. And can you race them both? Because let's say, what's that, in April? So you pretty much got like a month and a half or so. That's a good um, question. Yeah. It's a good question because if you look at uh, Gerda Stein, um, she, she won it in 330 and she came back and she decimated the comrades' upfront record. Um, so obviously the place that she was in, um, that's what separates her from so many of the, the previous ladies because it's believed that, you know, you, you've got to take it easy at Two Oceans to have a successful comrades, uh, which is what Anne did and a few of the others do. So um, yeah. it, it's a fine line if you want to race both. Uh, personally, I, I wouldn't race. Uh, leading up to comrades, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I'd sort of tend to take it easy. That that would be my opinion because uh, you take a lot out of your legs if you're not strong enough. So yeah. um, obviously, like I say, Gadasane was in a league of her own, uh, especially with yeah. what she did last year. Uh, it's just yeah, phenomenal. I think Caroline Wasman in 2015 became the first South African lady to win both. That's mm. it. Both the two oceans and the ultra, mm -hmm. uh, the two oceans and comrades. Well, I think she was at one stage trying to get all three, wasn't she? Oceans, yeah, she Omdidam, uh, and Comrades. Yeah. Mm. That was yes. 2016? Yeah. Pretty about 2015 or 16, yeah. I think it was yeah. 15. She did the uprun where she also beat the Russian girls, yeah. 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 Mm, interesting, because I suppose if you threw that into your own self like if we were running a 56 year in april 
that's yeah. pretty relative, you know what I mean? Like, so if they, if they have the mentality there of saying, okay, well, use oceans as a training run, then I suppose it would be exactly the same. And that route would probably be a lot harder than what we would generally find on a local route anywhere around here. Yeah, and unless you're training in Joburg, because then when you go down to the coast, because you're training at high altitude, it always feels so much easier. So that's what we would always find. We'd love it. We'd just find it would be seconds per kilometer faster. Wow. And it, just would, it would generally be a training run, but we'd have an epic run. Interesting. Well, I saw an article during the week come out from like Nick Vesta um, talking about comrades moving to October. And he said the biggest concern would be heat, but then also trying to find somewhere to train to mirror that heat. Because normally yep. they go to Dolstrom and it's yeah. cold. <laughs> so then if you're yeah. trying to, you're going to mirror the altitude, or you're going to get altitude training, but mm -hmm. then that's going to be the only benefit. Like your heat is not going to actually work. So you're going to, they're looking at Ethiopia, I think, yeah. if it's a, towards the end of the year. That's why I'm hoping it's in October because I love the heat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had you know, 39 degrees yesterday. So Wait, in WA? Yeah, we're still in summer, yeah, mate. My it's, goodness. Uh, 39 <laughs> yesterday, 36 the day before. So we're getting plenty of the poor yeah. man's altitude going on. Wow. It's, uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, should we have lift off on our weeks? Uh, we're, so we're going to kind of condense it up. So we're going to do highlights. So if you talk about your sessions or your workouts or um, anything that was a highlight for you in your week, if you want to talk about it, um, and then give us some mileage summary, um, that'd be good. So, Sandy, kick us off. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, my week has just been one of continuing with my 5K a day pledge. So, I haven't done anything, um, any long runs whatsoever. I've just stuck to the 5K a day. Uh, like I said, I would only ramp up again once we know what's going on or once we know when the races are. Um, I have increased my speed, which has been pretty fun to do. And then I've been doing that and then nearly gave myself an injury. I, <laughs> I was like, no, this cannot happen. I cannot get an injury running five kilometers. <laughs> Anyways, so I've just turned it down a bit and um, and and I'm, yeah, I'm just heading back to the six six minutes a K. Um, I remember my chiropractor in my first year of running with all my injuries. He said to me, are you ever going to win a race? And I said, no. And he said, well, maybe you should just stick to six minutes a K because that's where you don't get injured. <laughs> and it seems that nothing much has changed in all these years. So, um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. And I've, I've just carried on loving doing all the runs. I felt um, uh, my heart was a bit heavy this week for um, – all the comrades runners, everybody training and heading that way, thinking um, Aaron trying, you know, so hard. And he was his novice run, Wayne, his 10th run, and all this uncertainty surrounding it. And, yeah, I just I, I felt for them. So I really had to pick myself up half, half week. Mm -hmm. And then I think what was my highlight, maybe what did pick me up in amongst all of it, was Irwin's little boy starting to run uh, <laughs> as part of the page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Nice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was so sweet. I mean, Irwin will be able to tell us about that, but that was really my highlight that he's <laughs> two and a half years old is running 500 meters a day towards the pledge. And, and then my daughter, who hasn't run for years, she picked up 5K a day to do the pledge as well. So um, nice. I'm, I'm thrilled about that. So, yeah, inspired a couple of people. Um, to 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 join and start running and and for me that's 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 been a highlight for my my week yeah that's about it <laughs> keep it going you're getting people going it's good <laughs> yeah, it's okay. like you you are inspiring people like you yeah. people are waking up every day and like you're getting them started on their day so it's yeah mm-hmm. definitely keep yeah. going thank you thanks i know my, my my friends and family in south africa are watching it and at this stage, they they need me to keep going. So um, no matter what, even if I'm hobbling it, like, like we say in Congress, we will carry on and we will do it. So thank you. Yeah, I'm loving doing it. Uh, nice. And thank you to Wayne as well. You've um, you've also inspired. I've got all my people following you. They can't believe how fast you are. My daughter's like, oh, no, oh nice. Now Wayne's following me, mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been good. It's been lovely. That was funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Wayne's good. getting the average pace, and then we're equaling <laughs> it out. Blair's equaling his out with the ten minutes for five hundred meters. <laughs> no, what it, what it is, because uh, I love, I actually enjoy. I'm enjoying the. Um, I call it the Sandy Challenge. I'm enjoying it because uh, what I like to do is I, I either do them as a warm up before, um, or cool down afterwards. Um, but then, you know, if I do it as a cool down because I've been spinning and I've been playing with a bit of speed, um, I just try a few different things. So I just chuck them in because it's not going to do me any damage. But that's what I've been enjoying doing, Sandy. And uh, yeah. lots of followers along the way from obviously in South Africa were following it. And they've yeah. sent lots of messages. And um, I said, it's, you know, it's nice to just be a part just to say that we are thinking of, of everyone yeah. during this time. Uh, because there's so much uncertainty, and uh, can I can I just say too, Sandy, is this that obviously in, in looking at you know all the people who send messages about, about being thankful, when I look back at theirs and and what they're doing in their backyards, and yeah, you know, I saw a bloke doing 56 kilometers, Owen, yeah. in his yeah. backyard, man, and they're you know 42 kilometers on a hundred meter stretch. So, you know, you guys are the real, um, they they're the real champions in you know in all of this you know and, yeah. and we salute all of you so obviously this is just a small something um uh, just to say you know that we we're thinking of everyone through this and uh, i believe we'll get through it we'll all have um lots of stories lots lots, lots to come out of this i do believe so um yeah that's what i've been doing for the last week guys i just um just been staying focused on um staying in a happy place i call it so uh i'm feeling comfortable and ha- happy you know i still um do my runs in, chuck them in. I'm obviously cut down on a bit of distance. Normally on this weekend, like Jackie mentioned uh, last weekend a few years, I do also do the Easter 100 over this weekend, uh, but I've obviously decided to cut that out uh, this weekend. Uh, so I did miss it. My wife and I spoke about it, uh, but, uh, you know, I still managed to do about 150K this week, um, but nice quality running in there um, and feeling good, legs, legs really feeling good. And um, optimistic, again, about um, everything to come. So, yep, we're down in isolation, but we're not out. And that's the important part. Absolutely. And I think, like, so I worked at the silver lining, I think I sent through to you guys, was that 
okay, the projected comrades date is either what the fourth of October or twenty seventh September. And I think locally that was the projected date as Perth Marathon as well. And if you look at one or the other, so maybe we can't travel internationally, but I'm optimistic by October domestically we can. So from next week, that's 18 weeks. So you're going to get a silver lining. And I think I've mentioned the last few weeks, like just keep doing something because Mm. then you can jump straight on your program and do 15 weeks or 18 week build. Mm-hmm. And you can run Perth Marathon, run a PB, you know, like mm-hmm. you're still going to get something out of this year. Yeah. If we can't yeah. travel like overseas, like there's yeah. no point saying, oh, I can't go to Comrades, not going to do anything. And let's go, well, okay, this year I'm going to get a time on the board. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a bit of a silver lining that we can aim for. It's something a nice to event. shoot at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we all, we three of us did it last year and, you can run a great time because it's flat, a um, few little dips here and there, but it's a perfect course, I think, if you want to run a quick time. Mm. Yeah. Darren nice. and I pretty much in and entered for Queenstown in November. Um, yeah. So hopefully we may be able to get over to New Zealand um, by November, all going well. So that yeah. could be our silver lining too. Open. Yeah, so that's pretty much yeah. a month after, isn't it? So, yeah, and that's you know. good and beautiful. Well, mm. holding thumbs. Yeah. Yeah. So, ideally, we still want to be lining up with 25,000 others, but. Yes, um, of course. <laughs> yeah, just there's a silver lining there to keep us going. And yeah, there's a guy who did a 100 miler yesterday in his backyard, was it? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, wow. you sit there every day and you go, this is just unreal. Like, I saw a professional triathlete do a triathlon last night um, and he was having fun. Normally he reckons he's so competitive and he was having like a coffee and a banana bread next to him. His wife bought a <laughs> glass of champagne, but he even like kind of, you could tell that he got a different appreciation yeah. um, because he's normally so dialed into it professionally that he was like, oh, I'm just going to actually have some fun here. Um, like there's no prize money. He was doing it from the lounge room. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, my week was pretty much the same. Um, just did two workouts. So I did by 12 400s, um, cause I wanted to play with some speed. Um, as Wayne mentioned as well, could have punched out probably another four or five, which is good. Um, and I'm just going to keep doing those maybe move up to 800s this week and then go back and forth and then did a tempo and I did some 30 second heels yesterday. And I'm deaf, Darren. I'm going back for that segment in a few weeks. I didn't realize I was so close to it. I didn't know there was a segment there until I got home. Darren sent a message, and there mustn't be many runners that go there. Um, perfect little, um, it's called Monument Hill. So you, it's a war memorial, and you go up, and then you can come back down. And Don't, you th- shouldn't have mentioned it. <laughs> oh, I'll go there next week. Every, every runner in Perth will be sitting there next week. Um, but it's really achievable too. But perfect little playgroundism because it's got four four entrances throughout the whole place, so you can pretty much do almost four thirty second loops with up downs and oh, awesome. quite nice. So yeah, I won't tell you where it is because <laughs> I told you the name, but it could be multiple locations with the same name. Because <laughs> I know how you like getting a crown, Jackie. So let me have my moment for a week at least. <laughs> 
Darren, let's hear about your week because I know you've got a highlight. Oh, I, I, when you said um, highlights of the week, I thought you meant to highlight everything I did during the week. So, <laughs> so a long list. No, no, just kidding. Um, I, I did have a full week though, um, and um, I started Monday off, and I called it, you know, sort of stuck with the, what to call a run sometimes. And I thought it's a such a beautiful day. I called it Magic Monday, and um, and then when. I think as Sandy pointed it out, all my numbers lined up and I had 11.11 kilometres um, at 4.41 pace and my um, heart rate was 144. And it's like, oh, well, that's certainly a magic day. <laughs> um, the next day we had hills and, and the, the coach put it out there um, because, you know, we're all sort of just not getting together. And he so he just put it out there that, oh, the... the the record is a seven laps of the hills, um, so see what you can do. So we all sort of everybody just headed down there at different, you know, as they get there, they didn't group together, and um, so we did nine of those and still didn't make the um, the record because someone did eleven and a half. But but that was that was quite interesting because the the record had been seven before that, so I was I was quite happy with myself. Um, then, then I, I had a half marathon planned in for Wednesday, and and I think I told you last week I was gonna do a half marathon on Wednesday, and I was telling myself oh, I'm gonna give this shit and see what I can do. And um, after the hills, I, I did 10k's on Wednesday. That was it. I was <laughs> took it easy. <laughs> so, yeah, gotta watch what you say if you're not gonna plan properly for it. And, uh, <laughs> Um, speed work was good. We headed out for 11, that was on Thursday. We headed out for 11 Ks and ended up doing nearly 17. And, um, I was qu quite happy with my pace there. Um, Friday just did a, I slept in on Friday being good Friday. I, I didn't set the alarm or anything. And I, I think I got up about eight o'clock. Couldn't believe it. And, um, so I just did a, an easy 10 around home and, because I had a big run booked for Saturday and I, I wanted to try to, you know, get a bit recovered from the speed work. And even Saturday I headed out um, for, and did 43 and um, my glutes were sore when I started. But I just kept running and, and it sort of seemed to work its way out. And I, I, had, I had my eye on 50 and when I stopped for a coffee, um, at 43, I said, oh, look, this will do. My wife can come and pick me up from here. <laughs> so, so that, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I didn't tell everybody I was going to do 50 or I'd um, <laughs> hang in my head in shame. So, yeah, so that topped my week out at 108. Um, no, sorry, I've got another five to do this afternoon, so that'll be 108. So I was, I was pretty happy with that. And, um, nice week. Yeah. 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 So you're like you're like a cyclist though, stopping for coffee and then continuing on. <laughs> oh well, I was running with somebody else, and and um, he, he parked his car at the coffee shop, and as we came back that way, he said, "Well, you know, you'll shout for a coffee," and uh, <laughs> and and then Sandy happened to come along as well, so on on her run, so we we're having a bit of a chat at distance, of course. So. <laughs> Our, our, our lockdown certainly isn't like some people have it, but um, yeah. And just to mention the week ahead, it's recovery week, 
and I'm 100% going to pay attention to it this time. <laughs> in in the past, I've gone, oh yeah, whatever, and I'll I'll just do a little bit here, a little bit there, and and I'm not really getting that recovery, so I'm going to really see how it goes this week. Following it to the T. Yeah. So, where are we at here? Like, um, I kind of, no idea. I get, I, yeah, I got the feeling I was in your position. Like, I get it. Like, you just want to hold on now, right? You're like, oh, I've done this build, and I like, I've done all this work. I want to continue to go. Like, what? Well, how? Do, where do you foresee your next month being like? Yeah, I'm, I'm still wondering, and that's why I thought, you know, I'm gonna really treat the recovery week seriously and and sort of feel what it does for me yeah and um so you know trying to learn all the time and um and and then things will build up a little bit the next week and i thought well maybe try to use the um the speed days to conquer some um crowns or something i I don't know just see how you feel each each week but um, there's still a few races coming up that haven't actually been cancelled yet, but we don't know what will happen as well. So uh, I, I wanted to stay in, in, in good form, but I don't know how long you can hold that, as you guys seem to suggest all the time. But uh, I, I don't know, what, you know, if that's one of the questions for the coach, um, mm. you know, is... How, how long you can hold your your position or just do you, do you try to get faster and, and stronger and, and then let it back off from there? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That is Good question. Like, because you, in essence, you always think there's going to be a crescendo. Like, that's normally your race. So if you do, I don't know what you guys do, like an 18-week build, a 12-week build, and then, bang, that's your race, and then you start the process again, right? Yeah. So, was that your Saturday then? You know, could, is that a way of thinking of it? And you go, okay, now we go again, or like you're pretty much at the top of the of the mountain right now. Yeah, you're feeling very fit. Hey, with nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a. Yeah, it's it's a bit hard to um see because I haven't experienced all that as you guys just said. Oh, you got an 18 week build and that sort of stuff. It's like, well, really. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't used to have any major plan like that. Yeah. Well, I think about what Wayne said. Even in January, you know, he didn't. He, your comrades' training didn't start in January, did it, Wayne? Like you pretty much start your comrades' training. The meet starts from April. That's right. So yes. you know, if he's doing a build of almost two months, then you know, so. It, I don't know, is the question, do you go out and race a marathon now to almost do like Jackie no. did? And, no, um, well, that's what I was saying. Um, it, I mean, it's just something for you to think about, Darren. But um, so from a – so the good stuff's in your legs. You can feel it. I, I'm just looking at your 43K run there. That's, mate, that's, a, that's a, an amazing effort. And looking at your pace, <laughs> uh, you bang on comrades. You, your goal in achieving – in terms of achieving your goal, you're right there. Really so, good. Honestly, that's an, that's an excellent run. It's yeah. funny you say that because when I finished, you know, at 43 and I thought, well, have I got another 40 
fuss in me. <laughs> no, no, no. You're... No. <laughs> it doesn't, <laughs> work, like it doesn't yeah. work like that. <laughs> can I, can I, you know when you're going to ask yourself that question? Is when you hit 60Ks. Yeah. Like, no man's yeah, No Man's Land will be from 60Ks. Oh. Really. <laughs> totally different. Yeah. And, and it's funny because that's what I'm trying to work out. Do you back your pace right off or? No, my, my my advice, again, would be, Darren, you've got this fitness. Again, we're told that in the next week or so, we should know where, where the comrades is going and, and what the plan is. Um, so, again, exactly what, what I'm telling you is what I'm doing is this. I'm just staying, keeping that conditioning there. So I, I've got this this isolation period where I'm away from work. So as long as I can do it, I'll, I'll just keep doing my, my normal stuff. I'm not doing anything um out of the ordinary so i'm not going and racing obviously can't race can't do anything like that but just staying fit and keeping the conditioning there because you've worked a lot on your conditioning now so you've got that together um my idea of um, putting together the you haven't you haven't sort of gone to that peak um there's ways to get to the peak and the training that you've done you know like i said you've done all, all the conditioning but the real cream that you put on top, which is your long runs and your a bit of speed work and stuff that you throw in later towards comrades, you haven't actually done that. So um, that's, again, you know, still keeping you right where you need to be. So in the next few months, you know, you, you might back down your mileage or whatever. That's why I suggested maybe just playing with the 5K or 10K, uh, building on a quick one um, and still incorporating your midweek and, and your and, and your long runs on the weekend. You don't have to go as long as you are going now, but you can do that, you know, and keep keep a goal on a figure. So if you want to do 90K a week, uh, do that, keep that going. And then once we know going forward where we're going, um, like Owen says, you know, um, you plan towards something and then you just basically build on what you have so that you don't start again from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that, that is the big concern that, you know, everyone's probably been through that in their life where they stop running for just a little bit and that becomes a lot longer. Even I'll put though it's a lot kilos, more extreme mate. where people just stop altogether. Yeah. And, no. um, and I, I used to just train without any coaching and um, I'd do a race and then I wouldn't run for two weeks and you just lost everything. Yeah, recovery. <laughs> Take your months to get back to where you were. And it's like, oh my god. Yeah, I think this is almost like the people. A lot of people I've heard say, "Oh, like, what do I need a program for now? What do I need a coach for now?" Like, if anything, this is the time when you actually need one because a it gives you accountability. Spot on. And like, look at even Sandy. Like, Sandy's following a program. It's five k's a day. Like, mm. she's accountable to that every day. She mm. knows that's the minimum. She goes to ten. Great, but. Every day she's accountable to 5Ks, whereas if she woke up every day going, oh, I'm just going to run, oh, I'll go to 2Ks, I've done a run for someone else. But she's put a number, so it's almost like it gives you so much control, I think, having a program now. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, that's hmm. how, I, I see that with everything in life. You, you, you need to have a structure of what you're doing each day, you know, that's why weekends, you know, for the average person become, oh, I don't know what I'm even doing today. I'm just going to have a day off. But as runners, we don't have those. But, you know, <laughs> normally I'd be structured for every day. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. And that makes things happen. 
Are you a spreadsheet person as well? Sound like a no. spreadsheet person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just joking this morning with Sandy's daughter when I finished a session with her and she's like, I'm a spreadsheet person. I was like, yeah, you're an accountant. You're definitely a spreadsheet person. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we think. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jackie, how yeah. about we try and dial Tony in, seeing okay. that he's your coach, and then you can go through your week while oh, he's in here. Okay. How does that sound? Day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, let's try and get this going. Okay. No pressure. Mr. Day, that wouldn't have helped. No pressure, Jackie. No. <laughs> I wonder if you'd have the same opinion. Hey, good day, everyone. Tony, how are you doing, mate? You're live with I'm us good. all here. Fantastic. You're, so we th we've all been through our weeks, except for Jackie, and we thought, seeing <laughs> right. that you are her coach, she's going to go through her week now. <laughs> and then okay, we'll jump, brilliant. Then we'll... Uh, so for everyone listening now, the idea is we've got a we're trying something new. So every week or every fortnight, we'll bring in an expert. Um, and this week we've gone with the coach's corner. So we've gone with Tony. Um, and yeah, Tony's going to be our expert for this episode on the coaching side of things. So we've um, put a shout out for some questions, and we've come up with some questions as well. So Tony will work through those, and we've given him a heads up so there'll be no curveballs. Uh, and then yeah, we'll just get some detail going and. It'll be great, mate. So let's start off with Jackie's week and then you can critique it. Uh, <laughs> hey, coach. <laughs> How are we going, Jackie? All right? Good. I'm glad I updated my, my logbook before this call. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this should have been the Easter 100, but instead I've had a lack of lazy recovery week instead and I've been watching my team Marion Roberts do the two oceans in their backyard so that's been inspiring and it's made me feel very lazy um so I after Sunday's epic marathon I had a two-day running hangover so um, I did tell Tony and he said all good so um, I started running on Wednesday and it was an 8k recovery run um, oh, and I just got, I just followed the moon to the beach and I sat on the sand and I just looked at it for 20 minutes. Um, and that was just the, the most incredible run. Um, I did get a comment from coach <laughs> asking if it was a long loop break or what was going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then what, what else happened Friday? There was a, between a 10 and 12 K run also, um, mood inspired and um, missed my run yesterday. I'd started gardening and it just was incredibly hot very early. Um, so I missed that one. <clears throat> Sorry. And then Sunday was this morning and it was like 99% humidity. It was just awful. I grew up in the Haarfeld and 6,000 feet above sea level and humidity is a new thing for me. Um, and on the way back, I saw a snake stop traffic and it got rescued. <laughs> and that was a 16 to 18k run today. So that's cool. it, a wrap. So. Nice. Mm. How'd she go, Tony? Tick all the boxes? <laughs> no. Yeah, Jackie, tick, tick the boxes, definitely. Yeah, there was a, like, like Jackie said, there was a bit of a 
a gap on Wednesday, but yeah, I ran Wednesday. I think anyone that ran Wednesday and saw the supermoon, yeah, it was um, it was something else, and it was pretty mesmerising. A bit like looking at a fire, you just just dragged in for it, and yeah, I can fully understand Jackie sitting on the beach and uh, looking at that. <laughs> so yeah, so this week was was purely about just getting back a little bit of active recovery, and then and then just just getting back into running. No real focus on pace or distance, but just in enjoying and just getting back into the running. And, and yeah, Jackie's pulled out almost a 40k week, which you know, off the back of a marathon last week. Yeah, it's a it's a solid, definitely another a solid week from Jackie. So, so yeah, so Jackie, big tick in the box. Apart from missing yesterday's run, but but we'll let her off. Yeah, she had a good run today. <laughs> You know, if we'd had you on last week, it would have been all my runs ticks, but of course, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, should we, Tony, do you want to introduce yourself and just tell us a bit about yourself and um, your running history? And then maybe do you want to go through your week? Because I know you you had another impressive week. You, you just put them together like shelling peas. But um, do you want to give us a background yeah. on yourself? Yeah, no, sure. So, um, local runner, been in Australia just over seven years now. Been running pretty much all my life, just about to, to hit the big 50. So, yeah, a good 30 years of uh, running uh, behind me. I'm now really fortunate to be coaching full time. I'm giving up my day job, and and it's just yeah, it's just so rewarding. It's it's now not work. It's now yeah, it's. Yeah, it's my passion, so that's that's pretty good. Running wise, yep, like I said, I've been been running for a fair while. While now, I've probably made all the mistakes that we've all made, had all the injuries. So, so yeah, it's um, it's it's great to help other people and maybe just help them to navigate through and and maybe not make as many mistakes as as I've I've made. So my running week, I'm going to have to get this up because yeah, I pretty much. As a coach, I probably shouldn't say, but I pretty much run off the cuff a little bit. I have a, a sort of a plan in my head, but sometimes, um, yeah, I'll end up running with somebody else, so I sort of have to uh, adjust a little bit. So Makes it interesting because we, we just you told make... Darren, we just spoke to Darren and said that a plan is really good. So, <laughs> plan, plan, yes, no, definitely. If you have a if you have a specific goal, a plan is definitely something to start with. But if you're just sort of just cruising along at the moment, then a bit of flexibility and, and back to enjoying the running, I think is definitely, definitely the key thing. So I'm going to work. Where are we? So what did I do this week? Oh, my God. You really put me on the spot here, Owen. You didn't tell me I was going to... I can give you your week. total. Um, so you did 160 yeah. days. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. So I needed to tick off that hundred mile week. That was um, that was one of my little goals for this week. Um, so today I decided to well, I got bullied into going up into the hills uh, with uh, one of the uh, the girls I coach, Cat, who wanted to try and hit some of her CRs or segments that she'd run a few years ago. And I said, yeah, I'll come along, but I can't guarantee I'll be any help. And yep, yeah, I wasn't much help. She. Uh, she destroyed me on, on both of them, which is quite interesting, yeah. So we went on to the uh, Monday Bindi, I think it's called, trail and from Jarradale and, and ran a lumpy lumpy section there, about 20Ks, and there was a couple of sections in there that Cat was Cat was looking to nail, and that was good. Um, yesterday, I went and ran 
around Lake uh, Monga after seeing, I don't know if you guys saw the awesome um, run from a guy called Matt Ramsden. So, so Lake Monga is probably, for those who don't know, is a, it's a bit like the tan for maybe, um, is that Melbourne? I don't know, uh, Sydney, they have what, Bicentennial Park, where there's like a, like a three to five K track and pretty synonymous with people going and running it fast. So a guy called Matty Ramsden, I think he was ran an average of 240 Ks, sort of three and a half Ks around Lake Monga, and yeah, actually destroyed the uh, the, rec- the current <laughs> record that's that was there. And yeah, and I ran around with another another guy, and yeah, we were running maybe three fifties, fours, and we were struggling. So it just shows how how fast Matty ran ran around Lake Monga. Um, what else did we do? A bit of a recovery on Friday. Um, Tuesday, sorry, Wednesday again, just a, a long run. Tuesday was a little bit of a quality session again with um, one of the clients I coach, and then Monday just a recovery run as well. But I wanted to try and hit 160 k's again this week, which which I just managed to tick off this morning. Nice. When we grow up, eh? 160 k's. <laughs> <laughs> any, any reason for the the goal for the week um i've got a little cycle going with volume at the moment with myself and it seems seems to be working for me so like they okay. said it's not broken don't try and fix it and i'm just 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 continuing that that cycle of just reducing a bit of the intensity and just but keeping the volume up volume tends to work with me okay. yeah so tony just to, again um not even a question that notice you were supposed to do boston um yeah and now boston's been moved so is boston still on the list for you not not for this year i i okay. my feeling is the end of this year if if this crazy world we're in at the moment all all realigns again i think the end of this year is going to be very busy for everyone so i'm just trying to i'm just trying to deconflict it and just keep the rest of this year a little bit free so i'll just run some local races i've already cancelled boston with um, yeah, pretty much cancelled. I'd have to um, qualify again if if I want to go to Boston. Yeah, sure. okay. But you'll keep that mileage base up and then you'll be able to figure out almost mid-year what you'll actually aim at? Pretty much, yeah. Look, my, my thinking, and look, yeah, it's very unknown. I think we're all sat in that same position where, yeah, it's uncontrollable and, and we don't know when the light switch is going to get switched back on and then races are going to start again. Is it, is it, are we going to have a 16 week notice? Is it going to be four weeks notice? I, I, my personal, this is, this is my own personal. I think within WA, I think we might be seeing some events a little sooner than maybe the rest of the world. And I think the notice we might get, we might be four weeks, six weeks. And then I think a, a, a major event within WA might happen. So I just want to keep a little bit higher volume for me and chatting to, to my runners, the same sort of thing, if they are then going to target something in in WA. Interstate and international, I, I think, probably next year. But again, that's only my, my personal thoughts yeah. on when the racing is going to start again. Yeah, we briefly yeah. touched on the, having a silver lining. Um, and yes. same personally, I have that almost similar thought, at least be ready for something local. 
because we're in a pretty good position over here in our own little country of WA. Um, yeah. <laughs> so as long as long as everyone keeps obeying by the rules of our land, then uh, hopefully we get something to throw at the dartboard at the end of the year. So. Yeah. All right. Should we? We've got some questions for you, which um, you know, we've given you a bit of a heads up on. But um, so to read, I'll read off from the start. Um, with almost definite comrades postponement, would you recommend pulling right back on training, uh, or just backing off a little to keep ready for whenever the race pops up? Okay. So is this this question is specific around comrades, and uh, yeah, the only athlete I'm coaching at the moment, Jackie with comrades, or is this a broad question for anyone who's got sort of a goal uh, event that's been postponed and maybe pushed towards the end of the year? Yeah, probably we can broaden it off and then if you want to give a specific as to how you would approach Jackie, that'd be great yes. too. Yeah, so I think it, for me and, and for the guys that I'm coaching, it, a lot of it is dependent on the distance of the event. So we, we touch on Jackie's now, obviously comrades, Volume, volume, volume. You, we can't sustain that training cycle if we're then going to push out another 18, 20 weeks. We can't keep doing that. So, so once it does get cancelled, we're going to sit down. I'll sit down with Jackie, and we'll just we're just going to go through, and we'll be reducing the volume and the intensity without a doubt. But it's to what level we do that Jackie still is motivated. She's still ha- still enjoying the process they're running and then we we have some goal out there that if the running gets switched back on in WA we can switch and focus to that or if comrades does go ahead and it is the end of the year we're not behind the eight ball and we're still we've still got that level of fitness that we can then build straight back up to we're not starting starting from scratch again um, with the guys I've got some guys that were doing some international marathons Again, for them guys, a marathon is probably is, is a little bit easier to manage than say you know something like comrades is that we can reduce the volume and intensity but still hold still hold that level of fitness ready to to switch a marathon on within four weeks if needed, so we still keep up with the long runs et cetera et cetera so that's the way I'm working with my guys and we're we're currently just having our sort of our best guess on on what's going to be the next event and then when that one isn't available then we're just looking ahead and looking ahead but trying not to just focus on that one event then it gets cancelled and then we're like now what do we do so more like some stepping stone races that might come up next and how would you recommend almost setting up like your own like you guys did last week but even a 21 or a 10k just to almost give you benchmarks? Yeah, so look, and and I'm sure it's the same with, uh, we've got Darren, Sandy and Wayne. Sorry, I haven't said hello, but I'm sure everybody, we, we all have different um, goals and, and some of us enjoy the process more than the outcome. Some of us are very outcome driven and the process is just the vehicle to get us to that outcome. And as a coach, it's identifying that in the person you're coaching and then and then tailoring the training to fit that now as opposed to just looking at the outcome race i don't know that you know, that sort of makes sense but there's a lot of people we, we want to try and keep the fun in it 
but not make it stressful that we're trying to do a time trial or or trying to do some sort of test that doesn't have all the other bits of glory that goes with having a race in that environment and the build to it, if, if that sort of makes sense. But yeah, I've had some great success with, with the time trials. People are loving them. Some people, it's stressing them a little bit. So we're just, instead of calling it a time trial, we just do it as a threshold session if it's an hour or under. And then we, we see where we are or where we've come from, from the start of our training or like we did today, went out and hit the hills and just, just hit a few segments, see if we could maybe get some crowns on there or just look back to see where we were hitting them segments, say six months ago, 12 months ago. And again, that just gives us that little bit of a reward that all that training, yeah, that just cements where that training has gone. Cool. Um, the, the follow-on question from that is if we back right off, what's the chance of not getting back to where we wanted to be? Yeah. And that's, and that's about, yeah. So we backing off people. And I think we all do that. We all think, geez, if I'm going to drop my training volume, or I'm going to drop the intensity or drop these sessions out. I'm going to go back maybe six, 12, maybe 18 months or maybe two years, but it doesn't, yeah, the training, your training effects, it doesn't, once you get to a level, as long as you, you sort of maintain, I found as long as you maintain what you were doing, but you sort of, you'll plateau and stay, stay where you were. And then when it comes race time, you then sort of add the ice into the cake, which then gives you that extra result. So what we need to do is, like you mentioned before, is just have some little low key tests in there. So you just get a little bit of a reward. You do a blocker training, you do a time trial or do a quality session that maybe we'd, we'd set a session up and we've maybe done a monophilic, something that you can measure with how far you get in, a, in that time or maybe a session that there's parts in that session that you've got to run at certain paces and then just look back to where you were and where you currently are and then that just gives you that, that you are still as fit or if not fitter than you were before but I think we all need to have that that little bit of a reward that yeah at the end of a block of training or within the training just so that you do feel that you are you are either still improving or you're still at a level that where you want to be. Um, a comrade specific question in terms of results. Um, how much do you think older runners are hampered compared to young runners? Yeah, so I looked at that question, and again, so how, how hampered? Well, I wonder if you could help me or define hampered a little or, bit more. Or make maybe. it even general as well, so you can talk in a, like a marathon sense. Do you, I suppose, uh, well, Darren, this was your question, I think. Do you want to expand a little bit on this? Um, oh, well, I, okay, because well, Tony said he's coming up to 50 there before as well, but you know, I'm 55 now, and and I, I was looking through the um, comrades' results, and I was surprised how many um, older guys were there. In, in you know, in my age group, they were up taking silvers and all sorts of things, and I was like, oh wow. So, is being such a big run, does does that really your age really come into it, or did did I just filter out all the young guys anyway? 
know, <laughs> you know it, it, because there's just so many people in the race, or or is it, um, you know, be, being old is that is that really a problem? You know, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'll you know, you I'm 55 now. Am, am I trying to um, hurry up and get a couple of comrades in before that's it? Sort of <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's a great, great question, Darren. That's a, a great question. Yeah, I did. I just had a, a quick look at some of the results, and and I just just think back to like when I was running in my younger days. Marathons, um, ultra marathons. I think they were seen as that was you you were put out to pasture when uh, you started doing them. So you were sort of you're a road runner. You'd maybe do five, your ten k's, and your half marathons. And then when you weren't quite quick enough to stay with the younger guys, you then progress to the marathon or ultra distances. And, and sort of an analogy that, that sort of stuck with me for a long time was, you know, the winner of a marathon or an ultra marathon was normally the person who slowed the least in the, the last third of the race. But I think what we're seeing now is we're actually, you know, we've got 20-year-old 20, 20 Africans that are they're missing out all that track stuff, all that shorter road stuff, and they're just going straight to the marathon. And it's not he who slows the least in the last third. They're actually going faster in the last third. So I, I think where the seniors or the veterans used to dominate the, the longer distance races because the young guys were still running the shorter stuff, I think that sort of turned on its head this last sort of 15 years. And now the young guys are racing marathons and are racing ultras from, from the get-go. But more to answer your question, um, Darren, on um, are you hampered because you're an older runner? I, th- I think you're probably more wiser. Is is normally a wise junior runner, so you say you've only got maybe 10, 10 years of running experience or maybe less, you'll be a little bit wiser with your life skills as opposed to maybe a five a guy a younger guy who's only been running maybe five years with no coaching experience he would maybe go into the race maybe a little bit more i'm not worried about the risk where you might be a little bit more risk adverse and yeah i know this is going to hurt so i'm just going to strategize this race and run it a little bit wiser rather than go out see how far I can run for and then see if I can hold on to the end because it's not a nice way to finish a race, especially an ultra. It's a good question. Like, it, there's so many different branches you can go off on this. Like, I even look at, say, if you look at the sixes and you split them up. Um, yep. You, It's no, like, I could sit there and go, I think females are a lot better uh, ultra runners um, and they are a lot stronger. And you see the comrades' results. Generally, the people that negative split are females because they know how to control their paces. They know how to control, they know what their limits are. Um, with a lot of the males can be quite erratic and come race day, the plan goes out the window. Um, but like what Tony said, guys are now leaving the track. Like you look at Australia, a lot of the Olympic guy hopefuls, they're not doing 10 years on the track. They're pretty much going, well, there's an opportunity to go to the Olympics. I'm going to go to run the marathon in my 20s. Um, you know, there Kipchoge was a track specialist for years, Olympic track specialist, and now he's running marathons at the tail end of his career almost. Um, and people think he's dominated for 20 years on the road, but in reality, it wasn't. 
Um, whereas I think guys are going, well, screw the track in a way. I'm going to go straight to marathons. There's plenty of opportunity there and I can do it for a long time. No, most definitely, most definitely, most definitely. And I looked at some of the results, so I just went down and I was just looking at the different years. And and to be honest, the, the, the correlation between uh, male veterans in the top 10 and females, the females, like you just said there, are in a... They outnumber the male veterans. Like last year, there was one male veteran in, in the top ten. There was a couple uh, females, but as we go down the years, the females seem to have definitely have the upper hand, where they're I think a little bit wiser and, and run a, a lot more strategic race, where the guys just go out and, and yeah try and try and hold on, or the veterans aren't able to maintain the same pace as, as the young guys. And Wayne, like, I know we've spoken about Sean Micklejohn a lot, but he's almost the prime writer book about an ultra runner because he's in that older veteran age group, but he'd be running almost like he's in his mid-20s. Um, Absolutely. And he had, a, he had a break there where it's almost freshened him up and revitalised him. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, his almost biological clock would be a 20-year-old. Absolutely. You look at his record of uh, not just comrades, but two oceans as well. He he sort of peaked um, in the later years, and he's still. I mean, to be running, he ran over twenty. He just got his blue number for um, the two oceans last year, and he's got twenty silvers. So that's that's phenomenal running. And to think that he kept that over that period of time is just yeah, it's uh, it's out of this world. But I think uh, Tony's spot on there in. Uh, you know, in the in the thinking, certainly. Um, again, I only started running um, seven or eight years ago. Um, I did run as a youngster, but as a youngster, I just went out and, and ran with my like a chuck with its head cut off. You know, I just <laughs> I just gone <laughs> run. Uh, whereas uh, nowadays, every single race, uh, every time I, I step onto a, a line, uh, I like to think that you know I, I'd control that first half and try and negative split, and I, I'd rather have. The feeling that you get from finishing strong is just, uh, it's next level. So every training session, actually all my training that I do, I like to do that. I, I start off easy. I know what I'm doing and, 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 and I almost mimic that in training so I know how to finish strong. And this is, uh, or at least this is what I haven't quite incorporated into Comrades yet. Um, I came close last year, but that's what I, you know, that's the goal. And this is what Sean Micklejohn had worked on for years in smashing that second half uh, and that's um, with with time I think with time as you obviously as you age and, and, and like Tony said you hit the nail on the head you know wisdom just when you eke on the side of wisdom you say just be patient and 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 you know do what you need to do and when it's time to race you go for it uh, the great the great story on uh, David Kateba he's the bloke who, who smashed the down record uh, in 2016 um, his coach actually said to him, you do not race until I tell you it's time to race. So he actually stood at the bottom of Hillcrest, which is over 30-something case to go, and he told him, you hold back, and he was sitting back, and he blew a whistle for him. And when he blew that whistle, he says, now I want you to race. And he smashed, he obliterated the record by absolutely running a crazy negative split. So, um, you know, spot on. Tony, you're on the money. You need that. Uh, I think it comes with time. You know, you, you obviously have to learn how to control 
uh, find out what your your cruising pace is or where you at you know uh, know where your threshold is at to and and obviously just learn when to channel that and I think that's an art that comes with time and I think a lot of people in comrades are learning that you know obviously with time they learn and that's why we see so much success in the veterans and the and the masters categories as such and the ladies got on their head you know just watching how to stain them come you go my goodness how does she run like that you know after 60k but we don't when you look back at it she's she's actually run slower you know she ran a controlled first half um so the ladies got the formula and we can learn a lot from the ladies <laughs> sandy yeah just a, a quick thing to add from the back of the pack runners um Hi, Tony. Sorry, we hadn't said hi yet. Um, but hi, just Tony. a quick thing to add from the back of the pack that I was coming in uh, into 45th cutting, I think it was, round about when I was coming in for my 10th and really trying hard to get in under 11 hours so I could get my bronze, which I did. And there was an elderly guy, I think he, yeah, he was from Hillcrest with 75 on his shirt, Darren. So that should give us some hope. <laughs> he was <laughs> running in front of me, and I couldn't catch him. He 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 was keeping his pace going, and yeah, he was 75 years old. I'll I'll never forget that. So every time I think to myself now, oh, I'm 50 odd, and um, how many more comrades have I got left in me? Do I really want to be doing this for that long? I always think of that old man. Yeah. You got 20 something left in you. Exactly. That's scary. <laughs> I could just get that double green still. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, next question. Everyone warns about going too hard. How do you suggest, uh, what do you suggest is the best way to determine your right pace? So, yeah, I've broken notes down on this. This is, it's again, it's pretty subjective and I think it's, uh, it depends on the individual and, and pretty much what their goal is. So, so if you've got a time-based goal for any event, if you don't have a plan or a strategy on how you're going to, how you're going to meet that time, then you, know, you probably, you probably put yourself in, in a sort of not a good position to begin with. If, however, if your outcome is just to finish the event, then yeah, you can split that down into, into a, a pace. Then you can maybe, and then we look at the course, and then, yep, I need to run to X at a certain pace, and then there, and then I will finish in time. But the most important thing is that you're going to enjoy the race as well. So if you take the fun out of it and you put in lots of pressure on yourself just to finish or to be that cutoff, then I think the whole enjoyment of the race for the runners that are just are that not just is the wrong word runners that are looking to beat the cutoff and, and enjoy the whole comrades experience, then it's, yeah, it, you definitely need to have that strategy in place. And I know you have, uh, or we have the seeding at comrades where you're generally in or you be in a group with similar, similar speed of athletes, but I know that can, that can vary a little bit depending on, on which, which um, block you're in. Um, for the guys that are looking for a, a specific time, and sorry, sorry, oh, sorry, do you want me to carry on knowing you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
There was just a bit of noise in the background. I didn't, didn't know if you were going to cut We're all good. All good? Yeah, so for, for someone looking for a specific time, like um, like Jackie, for instance, the, the closer along uh, we were going to, we've already broken the race up into different points and Jackie's is a, a fourth comrade so she knows the race pretty well a lot better than me I've not done it but I've studied a lot on the internet and, and looked at lots of the clips and we were gonna we were gonna strategize getting to different points at certain times at a certain pace so we don't go out too fast and like we've already talked about the ladies are very good at pacing and not getting carried away in anyone else's race. They're, they're very good at running their own, own races where I think most of the guys, we can quite get caught up quite quickly with racing somebody else or racing somebody else's race for them or with them and then um, maybe blowing out. So in training, what I suggest and, and what we've been doing with Jackie is we'd simulate comrades in training by adding, and I think Wayne touched on this finishing, finishing strong in adding some surges to our long runs, especially if we've had a big week, so we're quite fatigued. And then we've got to be able to change gear and then change back down gear and actually understand our body and how we, and the perceived effort that we are able to go up and down the gearbox and go a little bit quicker. And then at a certain point, we're able to, just take our foot off the gas, cruise for a while, recover, and then change gear again and then pick up. So it's all about practicing this in training so that when we get to the event, it's it's not something new or it's not a surprise or a, or a shock. And running on tired legs is is a good simulation for any ultra and then being able to I pick up the pace or just just change the pace and it we're not talking long periods we're not talking like eight or nine k's of change pace it might only be a 2k surge but just being able to understand that we have the the capability to change pace and what that pace feels like but I think most important is is throughout the race and especially if you've done the race before or you've done lots of research is it's not to hope that it's not going to get hard and not to hope that I'm going to get in a marathon, I'm going to get to 32 K and that wall, it's not going to happen because it's probably is going to happen, but we need a strategy and we need to do something when that does happen, as opposed to hoping that it doesn't happen. And again, we factor that into the training. So we feel what that feels like. And then we test our strategies. So some of the strategies I use with some of my guys is, They'll take some music with them and they'll just put their music on when that point happens. So that's a bit of a reward or a distraction. Or they'll take a gel at that point. Or they'll they'll just have some form of distraction that it's going to hurt. I know it's going to happen. Yep, it's happened. And now I'm going to distract myself and I'm going to finish strong. As opposed to, I really hope this doesn't happen. Oh, it's happened. What am I going to do now? But I think most important of all is you've got to start with a plan. If we don't, if you don't start any race with a plan, then you just go, oh, I'm just going to see how it goes. Nine times out of ten, I don't think it goes goes too well. Be flexible in that plan, but have a plan initially on what you're going to do. And if things do change, you've got that flexibility to change, but but you know 
how fast you're going to run to a certain point or what you're going to do when X happens or Y happens, but have a, have a plan set up. Try not to run just off the cuff because you've invested all this time in training and then you're like, I say, you're going to go into battle with no plan and you're like, well, what am I going to do now? Uh, yeah. So it's, yeah, the most important thing for me is for you not going off too fast and determining what pace you're going, you need to enjoy your training, you need to practice it, you need to feel what it's like, and some of the training runs might not go to plan. You might not be able to complete both the surges, but you then know what your capabilities are and what that feels like, as opposed to the first time you feel that is at Comrades. I don't know if that sort of explains or if there's any guys have got anything to add. Yeah, out of interest, like, you know the, oh, geez, it was a really good day and I knocked off an extra hour type thing. Like, do you think that that also comes down to your planning? So if I'm going into a marathon and I go, okay, I want to run a 350 and it ends up being a 315, it is, do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, is it, my plan really was a 315 in reality. Um, you don't really knock off an hour and have a good day or 45 minutes and have a good day. Is it? So with comrades, if I'm going in there and saying, all right, sub 11 is my goal, I don't, along the way, it doesn't turn into a, a 9.30 or a 10 hours, does it? It's, you know, it's well, pretty much. Or your, yeah. or your plan is a little bit flawed to be with yeah. death, you, you can't break, but to break an hour off, off a plan would, would probably indicate that you probably went too, too easy at the beginning. And if you ran a little bit more consistent, you probably could have knocked even more off because, yeah, well, you, you didn't really know your capabilities in a way. And yes. you, yeah. You might not have tested them in your training and you might be just going very risk averse and just being too conservative. And then you're that guy that manages to beat Usain Bolt in the last 100 metres of a 100k <laughs> ultra. And you're like, yeah, you could have put that in a few miles ago and you, know, you might have finished even quicker. But yes, definitely. <laughs> Cool. Um, do you, this is, a, I suppose, a follow-on from that question. If you have an athlete, do you have a suggested goal for them, even though they come to you with a, a time goal? Would you look at, I suppose, their history and maybe their 5K, 10K, 21 and go, well, actually, I think you should go for this um, because automatically somebody might cut themselves short a bit? Yes, a goal set, I think that is, that's a really important function when you do employ or you work with a coach is working with that coach and, and, and setting the goal. I use like the industry standard, the, the SMART principles with the guys that I coach and um, we generally go through them when, um, when I first catch up. And we, we talk about, and I get quite a few people who ask, a sense of what is your goal? What would you like to do? And and their comeback would be, oh, I want to I want to be fitter. I want to run faster. And and then I then we go back and we just try and we just try and um, narrow that down to try and be a little bit more specific. So trying to measure I want to get fitter is, is quite difficult. But if someone came to me and said I want to be able to run for 30 minutes without stopping, 
well, that's 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 pretty specific, and yeah, we can. That's something we can initially, we can work with with their running history. Or if someone comes to me and says, "I want to run a 3:30 marathon," again, that's nice and specific. That's you know, that's a good start for the goal. Then, just like we were just chatting, then um, it needs to be measurable. So, what is the measure of success for? I want to get fitter. Well, the probably is it a, if that's more of a feeling of success as opposed to being able to measure it but i want to run for 30 minutes yep so the goal is i want to run for 30 minutes and then it's measurable because yep they want to run for 30 minutes without stopping so there's our measure or i want to run under 330 for a marathon nice and measurable and 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 real um a good goal and then this is where for me on the initial um catch up with some people is is that achievable so is that goal that they're looking at achievable from where they are sort of now and sometimes this might be a tough conversation or sometimes this is where a bit more coaching comes in and they say they want to run a sub three marathon which are about so what's your current half marathon pb and it might be a 150 so then then we have that conversation that yep the you know, it's this achievable. Well, it is achievable, but where you are now and where you want to go is probably going to take a long time. Let's have a look at something that maybe is more achievable, and then we realign that that goal. Oh, maybe a 3:30 is more achievable than a sub three at the moment. Then we talk about um, is it realistic? So even with all the training time in the world that they've got, or or the, all the disposable time. Do they actually have the talent to actually meet that goal that they're looking for? And then finally, we look at time-based. How how long have we got to do this? And we agree on that time. And that's I think it's really important on the initial catch-up is to is to set some goals using uh, the smart principles. And then we actually we tick off all the sort of the showstoppers that might get in the way of us actually achieve achieving our goal as opposed to someone coming to me and go I, I want to run a sub three marathon yep I can train you to that and then I then go away look at the history and oh, this is going to be a tough gig for me coaching you and a tough gig for you because we've got quite a journey to go before we get close to that time and this, I think the conversations will be easier with different generations too I could imagine like just I know if speaking to a lot of like my friends would be want now or even like a younger generation would be like, well, I've been running for six months, so I should be able to achieve that. So going back to Darren's point of age, it's probably like an older runner might go, well, this might take me two to three years. Um, so let's go on a journey for two to three years. Yes. Yeah, no, most definitely the, the instant gratification sort of era we're in now with the, they will say the younger generation, yes, they want everything and they want it now. And there is, like I say to most people, in some sports, I wouldn't say there were shortcuts, but with with some good quality coaching and sorting technique out, you can go from an average swimmer to a, a pretty good swimmer quite quickly if you get the technique right with tennis or ball sports or anything like that, if you get the technique right, you can make some big step changes. With running, you've got to put the work in to get the results. There aren't any shortcuts in, in running, like you just said. Yeah. 
Sure. Anybody else got anything on that point? Mm -hmm. I'll tell a funny, quick, funny story with my daughter this morning, who's uh, says to me, I'm, I'm trying so hard and I just can't go any faster. And I said, well, remind me again, how many days have you been running? And she's like, <laughs> you've got to put in a little bit more work. <laughs> Very wise words. <laughs> just on, on that, to build on that, Tanny, I, I told her to slow down. So she said, oh, and I said, well, slow down. She go, and then we had to explain that process. Yeah. And I said, every day you're not racing the 5Ks. Yeah. So I said, maybe do it every fortnight, go out and do that time trial. to still run your daily five, but um, it's quite funny when people see the different light bulb. Um, yeah. Very hard for but, a beginner to, to, to know where their capability lies, really, I suppose, and how fast they should be going so yeah it's a good thing that you do Tony yeah and comrades is the same I remember a lot of people saying to me that you're you only really start to run good comrades from almost your fifth onwards oh. because you're then <laughs> you're almost starting to a your body's conditioned over years like you've done seasons and then you also start to know the route a lot better um True. and different you know different aspects of how you uh, adapt to it but, yeah. Um, okay. Next question. Thoughts on training with power meters or to heart rate? Yeah, I've, I've, um, I've tried them both and also, yeah, chat to lots of people. I think train, training to heart rate specifically and, and there are some, some great plans out there and, and some great success from it, I think you have to be a certain person to be able to fulfill that heart rate training plan. And it's generally, you're generally running a lot slower than you'd sort of get that nice fuzzy feeling that you've, you've done a workout. So you have to be very disciplined, I think, working with heart rate. For me, heart rate is good. And I, I use it a lot when I'm reviewing and reflecting on on sessions that um, guys and girls have done and then able to sort of pinpoint some areas where we can improve or even like for instance today the humidity today out running and a lot of people had had some sessions within their long run and they couldn't hit it and the heart rate just spiked straight away and the humidity today was just insane in, in person yet there's that that's why and it's just for the, the guys and girls to understand that yeah that was a something out of our control the conditions under out of our control tried and there's the proof your heart rate is despite high yep you weren't going to hit hit that but what i find with heart rate running with it dynamically as you're going there can sometimes be a little bit of a lag so it'll take a while so if you're working hard say on a hill you'll probably get halfway up the hill and then the, the heart rate will catch up with what you need to do and then you'll crest that hill, be coming down the other side, and then it'll take a little bit of time for the heart rate then to drop. So you do get that sort of lead and lag if you're training specifically with with heart rate. But again, going back to when you're reviewing your session, it's, it's heart rate's a good indicator of your recovery. So if you're doing a session and you've got, say, some static recovery or just some easy recovery, if your heart rate is able then to drop right back down again, 
not to resting, but but a reasonable chunk from that session. It shows how how well your fitness is adapting, that you're able to recover. So you can use rather than you working at a high heart rate, you can use how quickly you get you can drop your heart rate back down to a reasonable level from doing some high intensity stuff. Um, I think, and I predict that power meters, I think they're going to be the next next sort of big thing that people are going to start using. They're pretty good as they don't just pull one metric, so we're not just looking at heart rate. The power meters now that runners are using and with your Garmin watch, they're pulling in lots of different um, information. It's pretty instant as well, so looking at stride length, looking at cadence, looking at ground contact time, looking at your vertical oscillation, so how much you're bouncing up and down, and it's putting it all into some some magic equation, and then it's giving you a number. So you're then able to instantly look at that number, whatever that number might be, and instead of you having to work out the, your perceived effort, so I'm coming up to a hill, but I don't want to gas myself on the hill, but I also don't want to slow down, I just want to keep the same effort, you can use that power meter just to calibrate yourself so you do go up that hill using the same amount of effort that you were on the flat or even on the downhill. And I know cyclists use, use power meters to, to great benefit when they're, when they're riding, so they, they do just keep that consistency with effort, and it's not perceived. It's actually a number that's looking at them, so they're able to then sort of dial in and not, not use all the cookies at one time and then just just run out if you, if you know what i mean so i i think power meters are gonna gonna take over a little bit more and i think the heart rate monitors or that just that one metric of heart rate is probably going to drop back a bit and it's more for when you're reviewing your sessions but again this is this is just my sort of opinion and my my thinking on on how it will go why and you use one don't you yeah, well, I was just listening to Tony because I actually use both. Um, <laughs> I um, raced yep. comrades last year using the power meter, and um, I obviously trained with it. So um, my coach got it. He said, "Look, we need to try this. Check out works." Um, I like the information. It spits back at you straight away, spot on. You hit a hill. Uh, I can gauge the effort. Heart rate takes a while to to spit that out at you. Whereas power power meters, you obviously know exactly. Uh, when to go and when not to go. So uh, I'm able, from a personal level, I'm able to control it a lot more with a power meter. Um, also love all the stats that it throws out at you. Exactly, it, uh, Tony. There's so many different variances that you can look at. Um, I actually improved my running form from using a power meter. Uh, you know, just trying to get my cadence right and uh, working on stride, stride length and that sort of thing. Um, so certainly there's, there's a big difference. Um, the one that I did like that you mentioned about with the heart rate monitor is that you need to learn to be patient when using heart rate monitor. Heart rate monitor, heart rate can tell you a lot, but, um, you have to be patient with using it because, um, I believe if you, if you, if you watch the progress that you make over time, it'll certainly show you a level of fitness, um, you know, exactly where you're at. So it can give you a lot more, but certainly, um, with the power meter, it, it spits it out there and then, and is what it is. So um, I, I definitely enjoy using um, the power meter for that. It's just, it's just, it's just like watching a fuel tank, and it's like, okay, hang on, hang on, don't, don't go into the red. Keep it there, keep it there, control it, you know. So um, yeah, those, those are the key differences that I learned from them.
But on the money, Tony. Uh, we just lost him a bit there. Um, let me just check what's going on. Uh, we've dropped Tony out. But, yeah, on oh, the okay. heart rate, I'll try and get him back. On the heart rate side, it's important also to know your zones. Um, I think a lot of people don't know, like, their actual training zones. And then go from... Yeah, that was... Uh, Tony's dropped off, so we had a bit of a technical difficulty there. So what I'll do is I'll record with him separately. Um but, yeah, it's pretty interesting how you can, you know, we all kind of know ourselves as runners or generally, but it's also good to um, to look at a different opinion on it. And when someone has an opinion on you, you know, Jackie, you've obviously sought Tony out and then he now has, um, let's say, an educated opinion on how to look at the race or at other races. Yeah. Yeah, because I used to just run. I used to just run. You know, I didn't have a plan. Um, I rocked up at Comrades. Even the second time I ran it, I didn't even know any of the points along the way. I just thought, just you're going to run and you're just not going to stop, you know. Um, and the third time, at least, you, you need to educate yourself. But I think things like heart rate and power meters, like even my garments is too much information for me. And that's why I have a coach. So he can look at, you know, and he can tell me what he needs to tell me but um I, I enjoy running by feel um but i think running with tony last week he would say you know on the run breeze you know um use your glutes and so i think he's educated me in a way where i sort of know how to what to do on a run where no one's actually run with me before and told me you know how to breathe or um to drop your shoulders or it was just nice having that, that that feedback, you know, and that was so valuable. You know, um, never mind the goal, I achieved the goal. It was just being able to listen to him. And even in my head this week, I can hear him saying, there's a hill, you know, this is what you need to do. And that's just awesome. That's priceless. Yeah. It is, like, it is. and I think when you don't run with a plan, like I know my first comrades, I ran with a generic plan. Um, but the more you kind of learn about it and you get to know tempos and your yeah. intervals and, um, like for me, the tempo is like bread and butter as Wayne calls it, even yeah. in a marathon sense, cause you're getting used to that marathon distance and heart rate. Like I, I've no, I'm not sure if you guys know of the methadone method and that's pretty much training purely on heart rate. And I've known a few people who have done that and you actually have to stop because your heart rate's getting too high. Yeah, and I no. just couldn't, for me, that would drive me nuts. No. Like, no. <laughs> I just I couldn't do it and if you you know like I said fatigue could implement it so you're coming in you're going oh I'm tired my heart rate's too high then yeah. every 10 minutes you got to stop and walk so <laughs> yeah I definitely use it on the easy run though that's one thing that I have on is just heart rate um, yeah. but on the on my quality sessions I'll normally go by by pace and feel mm. yeah it's I'm good not, yeah it's, yeah it's good reflecting on it especially you know, when Tony will say, oh, your heart rate's very low and I wouldn't have looked. And then I have a look and, oh, okay, you know, that's that's good. You know, I'm not overtraining, um, but I, I don't follow it. I try not to look at it. And age does have its implication. Like I know, Sandy, we've spoken about the number and the, the maths behind it, but it does have its implications. So you're, you could be way outside of the range of the, you know, the technical whatever minus your age. Um, 
So you probably should get in, yeah. That's because your maximum heart rate does, that does sort of drop over as you age. So, yeah. you know, if, if, right. if you had 180, 190 beats when you were 20 or 21, you may not have that same maximum heart rate function. You know, as yeah. you get older, that does, that it's, it's proven scientifically to, to come down. So scientifically to work out your maximum heart rate, Mm-hmm. you would do 220 minus your age, all right? That's a that's guide, the, that's a guide. That's the yes. guide, which, like, Wayne's would be outside of the guide because he... Your level of fitness exactly. plays a role in that. That's Whereas, great. like, say, Wayne is not your carbon copy everyday <laughs> guy off the street. Um, whereas if you if you got your sub-four-ish guy, then it's probably more accurate. Yeah. Um, so it changes from the different levels. So, like, to be 100% accurate, you need to get into the lab. Like That's I know people use their VO2 on their Garmin and I did a VO2 test in the lab and it was out by probably three or four. Totally so yep. now I know to pretty much give or take three or four, whereas a lot of people use their Garmin and go, oh, my VO2 is 60 or 50. And yeah. there's just a lot of external factors because Garmin is going on an algorithm of your age, your weight, your, you know, yeah. everything. That's was crazy. yours better on the at the test or or lower? Mine was lower at the test. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But then you know oh. you, <laughs> you got to take into account on the test is it's not how you normally run. So you go on the treadmill, you got a peg over your nose, and you've got um, like a scuba pipe in your mouth. Yeah. So that's not how you run ever. No. So it's very much you've got to do this. I think you'd have to have three goes at it. To and they almost, take it to to exhaustion. Exactly, yeah. and it's it's quick. You know, you're getting this done maybe in 20 minutes, half an hour. 16 minutes, um, you're generally up. 16, yeah. 17 minutes. Yeah. But even We're running up. on the treadmill, I find difficult. I can't run fast on the tre- treadmill. I feel like I'm going to fall off. So. <laughs> yeah, and then try and have a peg over your nose. It's, uh, <laughs> With the tube hanging out at the end of it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's great fun. Like if you can get it done, and a lot of the unis always call for people. Um, yeah. because a lot of the PhD students need people. So give it a go because you're getting free an- analysis. Um, mm. But, yeah, I know that whenever I've done it, it's been great fun, mm. but it's also a bit of a reality check because you're, you're not Absolutely. actually as fit as what you are. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but, a great tool if you're looking for it – can, it can basically predict your potential uh, for future. You know, they, they can tell you, look, this is what you can possibly run based on your level of fitness. Yeah. And your VO2 max, because that's something that you can improve on over time. Um, they give you things like your blood lactate le- uh, level, you know. So, because with me, when they did it, they took my um, uh, prick test, your blood test. So, they check that after every session. So, yeah, it's crazy, but it um, it works. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Well, we're going to talk flu jab and everything like that. But uh, we might hold that off for next episode. And by next chat, we'll know what's going on. Okay. We'll know where we're at. So if we're at <laughs> So that might be an interesting conversation to be part of, I think. But, yeah, um, enjoy the rest of your Easter weekend. We should be one run away from an Easter 100 or a comrade's distance, but unfortunately <laughs> not. But there'll be plenty of time for that. So look after yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter.